Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We are so excited that you're here, and this is a special week. Today, this is releasing on July 5th, and we're just two days away from July 7th, which is the anniversary of your restored marriage. Yes, it is, and I never forget that date, nor do I. When On July 7th, I think we can go backwards of all the miracles that the Lord did to bring that day to pass. Right. And there was many times leading up to that date where situations seemed impossible. It seemed like there was no hope for this thing you were praying for, and you were fully committed. You weren't just praying for a restored marriage, but more importantly, you were praying for your husband's life to be made right with Christ because he was not walking with the Lord the way he should be. Yes, I knew right then that he was not walking with the Lord Well, you got to see your miracle, and that's an exciting time. And we wanted to share a Bible study that you did um, many years ago around this time of year. It was done in July. And in it, you're talking and asking the listeners what they need from God today. And it's such a powerful Bible study. Um, You today may feel like you're lacking courage, like you're lacking spiritual disciplines. You may feel like you're lacking wisdom or direction or fill in the blank with whatever it is you feel like you're lacking today. They may feel, Lori, that it's hopeless, that regardless of looking at all the circumstances, And everything that they're facing right now, it looks hopeless. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how it looks. You got to remember who is on your team, who is right there beside you every second of the day. Right. You know, we have God the Father, we have Jesus Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit guiding us every day and never doubt the power of God. Right. So whatever you're praying for today, whatever you're seeking God's will on, He wants to provide what you need, whether that's hope, wisdom, insight, courage, He will provide. And so I hope that if you listen to this podcast while you're walking on the treadmill or while you're driving, that you'll listen, but then that you'll go back and really spend time taking some notes. There's a lot of scriptures that are coming your way. And then go back and don't just listen one and done. But go back through and really study the scriptures and ask God how he can use this episode to just give you those things that you need today, because we know he's faithful and that he will do it. I hope you enjoy this teaching. I am just so excited to have you here to celebrate Bob's victory home with the Lord. But most of all, that he's alive in heaven with no pain, no sorrow, no anything. He is walking the streets of gold, and he would say, "Ah, thank you, honey, but I was there, and now you do it. But the big thing is, is that he left a testimony. And our testimony is so powerful. So what are you going to leave your family? What is your example? Every day, we're a living example. And I'm asking you, to be a living example for who you ever meet and say Jesus is the answer for any, any of your problems. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all about who we serve. I'm going to open up with Matthew 7. 
Verse 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it's had its foundation on the rock. But I didn't have my foundation on the rock. I didn't. I failed. And you may not have your foundation on the rock when your marriage collapsed, but don't worry. Your rock is right here now. The Lord is going to be your rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand, and the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat it against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I want you to know your house may have fallen apart. It may, you may have had a tornado, you may have had a flood, but it doesn't matter. My house, I thought my house was on the rock, but I, did, I stopped praying, I stopped believing, I, I joined in with our arguments. I was not the, the Christian woman I needed to be. I didn't pray for my husband like I needed to. I didn't do what I was supposed to be doing. And you know what? The Lord allowed me to go through this fire, go through these circumstances, Bob and I both, to turn it all around to good like Romans 8.28. And Romans 8.28 is where we are today. God turned it all around to good. And God gets all the glory. So I want you to understand that regardless of your circumstances, even you, if you fail, even if you were the prodigal, even if you were the one that was unfaithful, even if you were the one that chopped him up and spit him out with your tongue, it doesn't matter. Because Jesus Christ says, come, and I want to heal you. I want to heal you first, and then I want to restore and rebuild your marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We must live forever in love. If you haven't gotten filled up with agape love, then, then ask the Lord to fill you up with agape love and eros love. Eros love is reigniting that, that love that you just can't stop touching each other. You want to, go, uh, want to be together forever. We need to ask the Lord to fill us up with agape love that when they say anything that we don't like, that we just zip our lips and we say, Lord, we give it to you. And, and you know what? You died on the cross for all sinners. So I am just going to forgive them right now. And we're just going to say, Lord, touch them, change them, zip their lips, touch their heart and lives that they would not speak ugly things to me or hurt me or hurt our kids or whatever. But in the same point. I know that there are men and women that are living in the same house, but they're not living in the same bedroom, or they're not touching each other. And, and you know what? That's not marriage. And, uh, and we have got to get serious about getting our marriages to be back where they should be. Will you fight and pray for your spouse's soul forever? And you could add your children on that also. But on our very special wedding anniversary of tomorrow, being, of Bob being obedient to the Lord, telling him home, I just want to tell you briefly that Bob's first words when he knocked on my window at the office, and I went there, and I'm thinking, wow, he's 
why is he here? He's two hours away from work. I wonder why he's here. And all of a sudden, I went and told everybody I'm leaving. I'm getting into the car and going to see what he's going to say. And I can't imagine if he was sick or whatever it was or something happened to one of his parents or my children. I didn't know what to expect. But he said to me, and I want you to understand what he said to me first thing, stop, stop praying for me. Stop praying for me. And that was the last thing I expected for him to say to me. And I wanted you to remember that tonight because there is one thing that I could probably get very personal and I could ask you, what is the one thing that is the hardest thing to be faithful in doing every day? And that is praying stopping and making a time that you just pay no attention. You're not driving, maybe. You are in the bed, in a room. You are praying alone with the Lord, and you are saying, Lord, I'm not looking at any traffic. I am giving this five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I am giving this to you. I'm going to pray. I need, want your presence. I want you to speak to me, and I'll read the word. And read the word. Time it. Put your timer on. And give, read the word for five minutes. And then give God five minutes to pray and, and let him speak to you. I challenge you. Take five or five, 10, 15 minutes doing this. It will change your life. There is nothing more important than you praying and communicating with your Lord. And it's the hardest thing because we get interrupted. And if we start early, unless you have an early morning and you're really disciplined and you do a Bible study and all, now there may be half of you that are 30, 40, 50% that do this. But when I talk to people, I find they don't do it. They're, they're struggling with it. They, they gave up praying on their spouse or they gave up on their marriage. They did this or they did that. Praying is hard to do because the devil knows when somebody prays, you're talking directly to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit and there's power in prayer. We need to bombard heaven and we need to bombard heaven for America, but we need to bombard um, our prayers for all prodigals around the world. We need to pray for all standards around the world. We need to pray for all the marriages that are being restored that we see on our Saturday testimonies. We need to pray for them. And if we're not going to get prayed, that includes us to get prayed for. But it says where two or three are gathered together, it is great. And we've got to pray. We've got to pray and never forget the blood of Jesus. So I want you to understand that we need repentance. Probably one of the most important words that we could use is repentance. Because first, number one, I had to repent. I had to repent for, for giving up on Bob. I had to repent for filing for divorce and telling him to get out because there was uh, somebody at work. And I didn't trust him, and I gave up on him. I didn't listen to him. He was trying to tell me, give me another chance, or, or, you know, it's not what you think. And you know what? I had the devil telling me all these lies. And then on and then Thanksgiving, he repented and begged and pleaded with me. I didn't let, uh, the devil was just saying, you're not going to trust him again, are you? No. 
I didn't listen to God. I did not listen to God. And what we want you to understand is repentance is powerful. Go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. John the Baptist said, and John the Baptist came preaching in the desert, and he said the first, and he was the first one that was God, the Lord sent down in the New Testament. It was to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. In verse 8, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, it said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You know what? Repentance is a 180-degree transformation. When you see somebody accept the Lord in your church, when they go and they accept the Lord or whatever way they do it, at a Bible study or whatever, you start to see that man, woman, child, teenager, start changing their habits, their behaviors, their speech. They start to have a glow about them. There's a change, a transformation. And we want you to understand, ask not, receive not. Right? So are we asking and for our spouses to repent, to turn their hearts to the Lord? 1 John 1, 8-9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. In fact, let's go back to verse 5, because it's about walking in light. This is the message we have heard from him. And this is, and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Exactly what I was just saying. But if we walk in the light, and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That's the secret. We need to look at these scriptures. We don't have to study and read uh, 10 chapters a day. We need to look at the scriptures and look at the nuggets of gold that are in one chapter, one section, and look up the cross-reference and look at up all the scriptures. You could spend an hour doing it, but that hour when you'd be with the Lord and he would be magnifying one scripture if God gives you one scripture, magnify it and do a cross-reference and write it out to see what the message really is saying. I did that all the time. But if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. Let us pray tonight that the Lord will purify each of us from our own sins. And then, Lord, go and touch my one flesh spouse all of my children, my grandchildren, from all, all unknown sins I have no idea about. Maybe they're being tempted to lie at school or cheat at school. I don't know. But we don't need to know. We have to ask the Lord to purify them from all the temptations that they might be having. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, and that's a secret, we need to confess our sins. You know, I cry out and ask God to forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, many times through the day, but, but in Psalm 51, you can take that as a psalm like David did, and I ask the Lord to give me and purify my heart every day. Lord, I cannot stand up in front of you people if I do not ask God 
to purify me, to make me more like him each and every day. And I fail, but you and I are on a walk. So it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and the world has no place. I want you to understand that we're not battling our spouse. We're battling the enemy. And please, whoever feels right now your spouse is the enemy, it's the lie. That is a lie from the enemy. And Bob always kept saying, don't blame us. He had to take responsibility. He had to say, I sinned. I made a mistake. I did this wrong. I did that wrong. And I repent and I confess my sins. But then he had to realize that he was tempted and he opened the door, or the door was open when he was five, by having the enemy, by the enemy's tricks and schemes of molesting him. You could have been tempted when you were a teenager to go into pornography. You could have been tempted to do any number of things. And if we don't confess our sins, we need to understand, we need to ask the Lord to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We want the, the prodigal, or us first, it's to have godly sorrow. They may not come home repenting and praising the Lord and shouting hallelujah when they walk in the door. And, and if they don't come home like that, Bob didn't either. Um, you know, he said at the table when he, we finally got our license that day, but he said, I got to go call my girlfriend and tell her I'm not coming home that night. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, I know you don't know my story, but get it, get our testimony. But it says in Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. That's for you and that's for me. That's for your spouse. That's for your children that we, God will have mercy on our, all our spouses, all our children. And we need to put and personalize Isaiah 55, 7 and personalize some of these scriptures. We need to forsake sin. Ask God for forgiveness. Read Psalm 31, verses 1 to 5. That is a prayer that is for if you're in trouble or if you had an enemy that appears like the other person or something, or any of your circumstances. Read Psalm 31, verses 1 to 5. We need to bear fruit. You and I are responsible to bear fruit. Means We need to bring others. We need to bring others to the truth that you don't have to get divorced, that there is another way, the Lord's way. And we need to encourage them to seek the Lord, that, that, that the, if God says, I hate divorce, then there's a reason God says he hates divorce. In um, Luke 11, 4, you can write that down. It's the key is continuous prayer. We need to pray with great confidence with the biblical truth. We need to walk in faith and hope and trust. Hebrews 11:6. all of us know it, but are we walking in faith? Are we walking by, are we walking totally and I know I know I can. Uh, you guys can relate. Are you walking by sight? 
I don't see my marriage being restored. I need to see my marriage. I need to see evidence. And God is so faithful, his children, who keep saying, could I have one more, could I have one more sign, Father? But faith, it, that's what you need. Fill yourself up with faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, that's you guys, and certain of what we do not see. And verse 6 says, and without faith, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you have spiritual hunger every day for the Lord? We want you to have spiritual hunger. Are you growing spiritually? 2 Peter 3.18 Are you, Do you need insight for what is going on in your marriage? Then ask God to give you spiritual insight. Psalm 119.18 Do you need spiritual knowledge? Then read Proverbs 1, verses 2 to 3. Do you need God's spiritual protection? Psalm 23, verse 1. Do you need spiritual stability? Are you up and down like a yo-yo in your standing? If so, go to Ephesians 5, verse 6. Are you tired? Are you weary? Is your strength, are you just worn out? Then ask God to give you spiritual strength, as in Romans 1.16. Do you need spiritual truth? Are you going to walk in spiritual truth? Then go to Titus chapter 2 and read chapter 2. It, the whole chapter is awesome. Do you need spiritual understanding? Well, if spiritual understanding, we all need that. And we need that to go to work. We need that to help with our children or grandchildren. You need that. And in Ephesians 3.18, it says, I'll start back. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's my prayer for you tonight so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you'll be rooted and established in love. As rooted and established in love. That means when the enemy tries to punch you or the, your spouse tries to push you over with something, with a circumstance or an issue, you know what's going to happen? You're going to react in love. May have power together with all the saints to grasp how high, how long, how deep, is the love of Christ, and to know this that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. You need to be courageous. You need to be courageous. That's the bottom line. Be sanctified, live a holy life, and be courageous. Avoid sexual immorality. Pray your spouse turns away from sexual immorality of all types, as in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. 
And it says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be men and women of courage, be strong, do everything in love. So I wrote down courage vertically, and I put C, walk with courage for marriage restoration. Write courage. You need to have courage to fight the fight forever. You need to be join God's army and walk with courage. You need to, oh, live a life of obedience. You do not live a life of unbelief. Believe in the power of your awesome God. R, let the Lord be your refuge. Let him be your rock and your redeemer. A, God is able. God is able to do immeasurably more than you can begin to imagine. And G, God created marriage, and he hates divorce. It's a covenant. Allow him to direct your every step. E, for eternal dividends. You will reap and see the eternal dividends in years to come. Maybe not tomorrow. It doesn't matter. It matters that you do that. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for tonight. We thank you for how much you have filled us overflowing with so many praise reports and so many truths that you revealed throughout the evening. Father, now we're asking you to help us become strong in prayer and fight. Become a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God. Join God's army and walk in courage and faith and victory, knowing that we are going to fight the fight, knowing that you've paid the price. You've, you've defeated the enemy. You, God, you sent your only son, and you paid the price, and you won the war. You won. You won. And now the enemy is trying to tell us we've lost, and we need to walk in faith and victory and know the word and pray. Lord, help us to be all that you want us to be, Lord, I just ask that you be with every one of these standards tonight. I ask that you will bless them, bless them abundantly, mightily, meet their most urgent prayer request. And Lord, I pray that they will grow mightily in the Lord this summer and will just give you the praise and the glory for what you're going to do. Bless this night, bless our standards, and may they uh, pray for each other instead of talk about the bad circumstances to each other. And we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.